Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience and almost daily podcast about anything and everything weather and science and earth science, and sometimes off-topic material that the creator and host finds interesting. I am the creator and host, Andre Bernier. I'm a meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. And in just a moment, we'll get to today's material, and I pray that you will enjoy your time here and to help spread the word about Weather Jazz, now available on most mobile podcast apps, as well as on the website, weatherjazz.com. This episode is being produced via the production tools on our host's server, anchor.fm. And if you've ever thought of starting a podcast, take a look at anchor.fm. They make it easy, and best of all, it's free, just like this podcast, Weather Jazz. And this is episode number 47 for the last day of January, January 31st, 2019. We made it, and what a crazy, crazy month it has been. And uh, as I frequently will share on television, especially in a month that's been absolutely crazy, roller coaster zany crazy, that on paper, it can be very deceptive. This one will end up being a very deceptive month. Here's why. The first nine to 10 days of January were very, very warm. In fact, at one point, we had temperatures on January the 8th approaching 60 degrees. So very unusual. We didn't have a lot of snow. In fact, in most cases, the early part of January had bare ground, something also which is a little unusual for most of Northeast Ohio. But then all of a sudden, we had the tipping point. Things changed. The pattern changed. We got into a more traditional mid-January pattern. That meant a little bit of snow, but still not a lot of snow, not a lot of big storms, but temperatures had settled back down to normal. But even so, you average out all of the days right up to about the 20th or the 21st, and it was still well above normal. Then the first cold hit arrived. That was on a weekend, and it came with a huge storm. That storm took away most of the snowfall deficits across northern Ohio. The only place where it didn't do that was Cleveland Hopkins Airport. We're still running about a foot below normal. It does not appear as though we are going to make that up into the rest of the winter, but I still see that uh, we're going to be nibbling at that total, and uh, we're going to be trying to erase that deficit. But elsewhere, Akron-Canton running a surplus right now. Mansfield-Youngstown near normal. So it's just the extreme northern counties because that first big storm on the weekend of the 21st uh, really covered a lot of uh, ground between Mansfield, Akron, Canton, and Youngstown. Uh, And the snowfall, while it was significant, it it was not quite as pronounced uh, in the Cleveland and Lakeshore areas, uh, picking up six, seven, eight inches. Uh, But down around Mansfield and Akron, Canton, it was more like between 12 and 14 inches, if you recall. It was that storm that pulled the cold air, the first initial batch down, but it wasn't until what I call the re-rack uh, of the cold air in northern Canada and all the pieces were starting to come together 
and we warned everybody that uh, uh, some of the eye-watering Arctic air would likely slam us at the end of the month, and that it did. Uh, temperatures really get down into uh, some very cold territory. In fact, the departure from normal on Wednesday was 25 degrees below normal, will likely be about the same for today when the stats finally come in. And we have not seen a departure like that in just about four years. We've got to go all the way back to February 28th, 2015, to find a day on which the departure fell 25 degrees below the mean for any particular day. Okay, let me get back to the original thought here on the, uh, the month, because when you average everything out, when the final stats come in tonight, when we look at the month's average, the temperature will come in at about a half a degree below normal. And anything that's inside plus or minus two is considered a normal month. So when you look at that number, and if that's the only thing you look at, you'll say, well, it look, looked like it was a, a normal January in northeast Ohio, when in fact... It was anything but, with extremely warm start to the first nine days, and then that bitterly cold air mass, not one but two, and the second shot was the worst one, the one that we just recently came through. Uh, no record low temp temperatures for either uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, or today, Thursday. No record lows. We didn't get low enough. So the old record from Wednesday, January the 30th, still stands, 1873. And I can hear Dick Goddard cheering uh, from here because he always lamented any time uh, a, uh, an, one of those old vine years from the 1800s fell. Uh, so that one stands. We did have a couple of record low maximum temperatures, uh, but that's about it. But that's enough. And that brings me to today's topic, and it's the topic of ice quakes or frost quakes. And the technical name is cryocesium. And essentially what is happening, and, and you need a certain uh, batch of uh, conditions for this to occur. And essentially what is going on is all of that uh, thawing that we had in between the, the cold and all of that heavy rain that we had after the heavy snow got into the ground. And then we had a flash freeze. Well, that water is still so close to the surface, and it was affected by the very cold air that the water instantly flash freezes. And when water freezes, it expands. It does not contract. And in the expansion, and of course, it's pushing against all kinds of uh, other forces of earth, cracks of the earth or pressures of the earth, and you will suddenly get these things literally uh, like a vice or a pneumatic uh, chisel of some sort or a pneumatic push-pull device to suddenly push or crack the earth in one direction or another. And uh, so it's extremely hyper-local, but if your house is near one of these cracks, it's going to sound like your house is the thing that is cracking or popping or, uh, and I titled this Big Bam Boom, not in honor of Daryl Hall and John Oates' album from 1984, but it sounds like your house is going Big Bam Boom. Uh, so 
Uh, I thought I would have at least one person come on the program tonight. My guest for this evening is Tim Vanderlaan. He lives in the Medina area, and I'm just going to let him explain what went on at his house this uh, particular go-around in the last day or two. On the line with me right now is Tim Vanderlaan, who has not a first-hand experience, but close enough, because, uh, Tim, you just told me a story that your wife had really been alarmed by some of these sounds. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that's correct. That she uh, It actually woke her up, and she couldn't figure out what it was, and we were thinking that it was something with the, with the house, um, just with the you know, structure moving, especially with the cold, um, cold air. A lot of times we'll have, uh, you know, just the structure move and, and make noise. Yeah, the contraction of the ground has a lot to do with it, and we're, we're getting into the the explanation, but these uh, these seismic, little hyper-local seismic booms can certainly travel through a structure and make it sound like it is the house. And... Uh, did you have uh, any inkling that maybe something was going on outside? A lot of people run outside to think that maybe they're going to find something unusual, and typically they don't. Yeah, she uh, she looked outside and didn't didn't see anything. At first, she thought that maybe it was a gunshot mm-hmm. um, sounding, and then she uh, she did go out on the uh, back porch just to kind of listen and see if she could hear something. But yeah, it was pretty pronounced. Uh, Tim, how uh, frequent was it? Because you mentioned that it was more than one. Yeah, she said it was uh, quite a few. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it happened, and then she said it happened again, and that's when it kind of alerted her and, you know, alarmed her that, hey, that's, you know, normally if we hear it, it's just one, you know, one noise, and, and then it goes away. Mm-hmm. Well, we're glad everything is okay, and I'm sure that yeah. uh, you, you're going to have a better night's sleep as temperatures start to go in the other direction here in the next few nights. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining us and, and letting us uh, know. Where do you live, by the way? Um, Granger Township in Medina. Excellent. Uh, we appreciate uh, your first-hand report. All right. Thank you very much. And Tim is just one of many dozens of people who have had the same experience here in Northeast Ohio. Now, just think, out to the west, Chicago to Minneapolis, their temperatures were even colder, and they, too, had that freeze-thaw cycle and some periods of rain and the water in the ground. The number of times that they heard this uh, bang or the something that sounded maybe like a two-by-four hitting the house or the sound of a gunshot. It was even more frequent uh, from Chicago to Minneapolis, where temperatures in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours were hovering between minus 20 and minus 35. That's on your thermometer. That's not wind chill, and that's how cold they got. Uh, By the way, Rockford, Illinois, I tweeted this on my Twitter account this morning. Rockford, Illinois, this morning, had a low temperature of 30 degrees below zero at the airport. And that is an all-time record low for Rockford. The previous record, I think, was in the 1980s, and it was 27 below zero. And so this one smashed 
the record this morning, went down to 30 below zero. That's the coldest Rockford, Illinois, has ever seen in their meteorological history since weather records were kept. Now, things are starting to turn around, but they're turning around very, very slowly at first. But that's going to ramp up going into the weekend and talk about a crazy uh, freeze-thaw cycle. Our temperatures this weekend will go up close to 50 degrees by Sunday, Monday, and even Tuesday. And we're looking at rain, not snow. So that's going to be our start to February. Not necessarily what the whole month is going to be like. For those of you in the Fox 8 WJW Northeast Ohio market, I'm going to ask you to tune in to Fox 8 News at 6 o'clock on Friday uh, evening, and we will have our rest of the winter forecast. I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle together now and formulating the maps right now. Our team put uh, our heads together. We talk about these things all the time, not just when we're ready to put out a seasonal weather outlook. But we're continuously exchanging ideas back and forth um, from all of our meteorologists, A.J. Colby, Scott Sable, Jen Harcher, and Melissa Mack and myself. And from time to time, Dick Goddard even chimes in when we get to see him. So don't forget to tune in. We'll do that on Friday night in the 6 o'clock hour, the rest of the winter forecast. What are we talking about? And we have a definitive idea we want to let you know. And by the way, I will share it on Weather Jazz in a few days as well. Have a great night. We'll see you next time right here on Weather Jazz. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast today. And if you're listening via a mobile podcast app such as Breaker, Overcast, Google Podcast or iTunes, among the many that are out there, remember to subscribe to Weather Jazz so that you'll automatically download the new episodes as I am able to upload them. And please take a moment to offer a review, and every single one of those reviews helps to get the word out. If you'd like to contact me with a question, a comment, or a program idea, I look forward to hearing from you. The best and the fastest method is via email. My email address is simply weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Weatherjazz and weatherjazz.com is copyrighted, and the Weatherjazz signature is a registered trademark, all rights reserved. I look forward to being with you soon with a brand new episode right here on Weatherjazz.